Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Today's subject, monitoring training intensity. We do need to be careful. This is absolutely huge. I think it's fundamental for people to get, yeah, absolutely. It's fundamental for people to get this this one right. Not always so easy, but we want to share some uh, tips and tricks, our thoughts on maybe some of the pros and some of the cons and considerations when training for uh, monitoring various uh, kind of components in terms of intensity. So I'm just going to touch on those first of all, Joe, and then we'll kind of we'll dive into them in a little bit more detail. So what are we talking about when we when we talk about monitoring training intensity? Well, quite simply, we're really talking about your specific sessions, how you monitor your effort. That's what we're talking about here, not your overall volume across the week or across the months. We're talking about in that session. Now, many of us will use pace many of us will use feel and there may be a large portion of us that will also monitor heart rate so pace feel how it feels to you the effort and also heart rate and i do think there's some considerations around this where do you want to start joe let's pick one and let's get into it in a little bit of detail which one to pick because all three of them have pros and cons and bring different things, don't they, to, to each individual session and how you set it up and how you actually do it. Um, I'm gonna start with pace because you know it's my favorite. I knew you would, <laughs> I knew you would. Sorry to live up to expectations or down. Um, yeah, pace. For me, I suppose in many ways it comes from my background of being a track runner um, where everything is very measurable on the track but in the old fashioned way with a stopwatch, you start, you go and you know how far you've run and that's it. Obviously nowadays we have GPS watches so everybody can measure their pace as they're running. Um, and it's great, it can bring so much to your running and you know exactly what speed you're going. However, <laughs> there's some caveats like there always is. Um, one, you know, sometimes the GPS isn't always accurate. So you look at your watch and you think, Blimey, I'm running like Usain Bolt whilst feeling like I'm actually just bobbing along. Um, obviously, that's affected by all kinds of things, your signal, trees, weather. Sometimes it's just glitchy tech. Uh, also, I think with pace as well, you, you need to know your pace and the pace that you want to run to be able to monitor it while you're running to know if it's right. <laughs> so there's a kind of, you know... Yeah, it, it can be... Pace is a funny one, isn't it, Joe? Because it, it can be a little bit arbitrary for people sometimes, I think. Yes. And that's also kind of related to sometimes choosing a, a finish time, you know, a target time in a particular mm -hmm. race. You kind of, oh, I fancy doing that, or I'd like to achieve that, or but are you able to do that? And I know that's kind of, you know, going off on a slight tangent, but it is really important that you, you're not arbitrary with your training paces because they've got to kind of, you're trying to evoke a, and, and certainly get some physiological adaptation in the body you're trying to get some improvement so therefore you've got to train with accuracy so if your paces are accurate then great now i think that and we'll, we'll kind of flick around this 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 subject of pace in terms of the benefits and the cons and our thoughts and yeah. considerations can i can i, and I think something with one that, thing before you say that because you said about no yes i don't care i am no. i am you said don't need to I much, always say I yes <laughs> <laughs> well i don't care i'm just going to say it you said make sure they're accurate just want to say my biggest thing and i say this to every runner i coach when i say run at a consistent pace or run at this pace 
I don't actually mean run at that pace. <laughs> I don't really run at that pace. I mean, you have to always remember pace is affected by wind, whether you're going uphill, whether the wind's behind you or in your face, what's underneath your feet? Is it muddy or road or track? So it has to be accurate. It has to be what it is, but it doesn't always have to be. It is that within the context of what you are doing at that time, where you're doing it and what the weather conditions might be. You may now carry on, yeah, sorry. It, it, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your permission. I appreciate that. We need like a, a, I'm watching, um, I'm watching that chess. What's that oh chess suit on Netflix amazing. at the moment? Yes. Just finished it. Yeah, I love it. it. But you know, I don't play chess at all, but you know how they keep like, they start each other's clock, don't they, in chess? They're so like, right, go. And they, that's what we need. We, we need one of those chess clocks. That would bring we'll so get that much next to week. this Insta Live. <laughs> I think so. I, we like to be different. So on the subject of pace, I do think it's really simple. It is, it is a simple measurement for you 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 set a pace in your head or it's on a training plan and you just go out there and you attempt to run at that so it is quite it's a really simple way of kind of monitoring your intensity doesn't mean it's necessarily so easy and as joe said as you said joe obviously there's many other factors if it's hilly you've got to kind of factor that into it if you've got a following wind or rather you've got a headwind and if you've got a following wind you know maybe you're running quicker or maybe you're not working at the effort that you should be working at because you've got that kind of support almost from the wind. So there's quite a few considerations. I think it's really easy to overcook it and, and choose the wrong pace <laughs> and be too ambitious. And I think because of that, it's also that kind of metric and that way of monitoring intensity where pressure can come with mm. it. I think we can put pressure on ourselves. Oh, I didn't achieve this pace. I'm sure we, you have this chat with yeah. some of your runners, especially if they're kind of getting into the whole thing. Oh, I didn't achieve this pace. Yeah, but it, look how warm it was. You know, London Marathon 2018, yes, you didn't hit your pace, but guess what? It was the hottest one on record. So I do think that there is an element of kind of, it's, it's that sexy statistic. You want to upload it to Strava, look at my average pace, but I definitely think there's some important considerations yeah, around which it, goes back to, sure. to what i interrupted you to say is that we say run at this pace but then that doesn't mean you have to run at that pace <laughs> to be completely contradictory um it is a lovely objective measure but it's only objective to ex an extent it is affected by all of the other things that are going on at that particular time which i think is why then to kind of move us on there's lots of other ways you can measure it as well. And, um, you know, we talked about feel and heart rate and those can add a bit more to the picture, can't they? And I know I know what your favourite one is. So do you want to talk about that one? Well, <laughs> do you know, it's, it's funny because I might be not controversial here, but I might surprise you a little oh my bit goodness. because I, I love tra I love training to heart rate. I, I, I really do. And I, I, I just love it. And I also find it extremely fun because I almost play games with myself when I'm out there. I'm sort of running and I'm thinking... The, what heart rate am I at now? And I sort of look down and I'm within a beat or two and then I kind of acknowledge the fact that I've, I've managed to dial into that intensity because let's be honest, and you know from your experience as a track runner, you've, you can't run around a track with your hand like this all the time looking at the clock. You've got to, you've got to get that feel, haven't you? And I know we're going to come on to kind of rate yeah. of perceived exertion, but it's, it's marrying all those three things. And I, I do like heart rate for that reason. It does, unlike pace, account for the conditions and the temperature now some people some physiologists will say and some coaches that actually you do need to be mindful because even if you're running in a hot hot 
situation like hot conditions and your heart rate does increase that doesn't necessarily not mean that you're not working at the right intensity in my personal experience i think it's pretty accurate when you run on heart rate i think that if it does account for the fact that there's maybe undulations in the course or the fact it's particularly hot but i also find joe that the more developed the individual in terms of fitness and there's no right or wrong to this but the more developed the individual is the broader their heart rate range and the better control that they've got so it becomes less frustrating for them does that make yes. some sense if somebody's very very new and i'm going to get your thoughts on this in a second joe but if somebody's very very new to training and they they throw themselves into the world of heart rate i think there's benefits there but i think it, it's helpful if they've got the support of somebody like a coach that can kind of guide them through because there's a lot of frustration as, because they're new to exercise they get out there and as soon as they stand up from their chair there's a spike in their heart rate because that's the cardiac response to movement and to exercise so i think the more developed the individual the easier it is for them to run using heart rate absolutely i i do agree with that there's a couple of things i noted down so one thing i think um i so this is where we we don't always agree on everything quite do we and i do think <laughs> <laughs> there's an issue let's not have a fight about it but remember I'm right um, <laughs> I, uh, I do think that I do see in some of the runners I coach that issue of cardiac drift so as you go on for a long time it starts to sometimes drift upwards without necessarily an increase in effort that tends to be on the longer term things like so you know running for a long long time um, and I think heat is a really big thing when it's really hot you know you can just work harder uh, but I do. I think there's a lot to be gained from heart rate, and so I do agree with you. Um, however, I also agree with you that the better your cardiac fitness and the better trained you are, the more you will see variations in your heart rate. And I always say, when I get a runner that's really fit, been training for a while, when you look at their heart rate graph, it's it's. I always get ridiculously excited over this graph because I'm so sad, but it just matches their pace almost. It kind of goes up like this, so it goes up. They do their interval, it stays at a nice high consistent rate and then it falls beautifully in the recovery and goes up. When people are less fit, it just tends to bob along up here somewhere so they perhaps don't feel, you know, and it can feel quite frustrating. And I say to sometimes, say to people sometimes, don't worry about that, we're not training to heart rate and that, that drop, particularly that drop in the recovery will come with better fitness. Um, there's not a lot that you can do to make it drop other than rest until it drops. So I, I kind of, I do agree with you um, that it can be frustrating and it can be difficult at first when you, you know, perhaps you are new to running and you don't have a great degree of fitness behind you, but that comes with time. And I think that does apply to other, you know, to pace as well. It can feel, you know, a lot of people start running on and say, oh, I've only got one pace, which is slow. Um, it's often what people say. I'm sure you, people have said that to you and you say, no, you haven't. All the time, all the time. Let's get you out of that middle gear. You feel like you've only got one gear. It's not true, but but there are lots of considerations around this, which is why this is the, one of the topics for a chat around. You know, it's mm. it's not so simple that we say right, go and do this. This is the best way to achieve your goal because it doesn't work like that. It's about kind of finding your way and navigating yourself through running and your journey, whatever your goals and aspirations are, and and obviously running and monitoring intensity is is very important. I think. Just staying with the subject of heart rate, I notice I test a lot of, not all, but I test a lot of the runners that I work with. So kind of in a, you know, physiological, uh, in a physiology lab, so we can kind of get some data on their 
kind of level of ability, where they are, what their strengths and perhaps their weaknesses are, the areas that we need to, to work on. Now, it's not conclusive. It's not an exact science, but it gives us a very good idea to help inform an individual's, individual's training. And what I notice is even, you know, we're talking about heart rate sometimes is better for the individuals that have greater level of fitness. We might not always be referring to fitness in the way that people automatically think, oh, somebody that's running six times a week and they're doing 50 miles and they've ran for, you know, a week and they've ran for, for 10 years. No. There's, um, we've got a, uh, there's, well, there's two post ladies, but we've got a post lady in our, in our, um, uh, that I coach. And I noticed that when we tested her, she had an incredible uh, endurance base because she's always on her feet. She's covering so many miles. And actually, that really kind of easy, just but brisk walking has had a significant impact and influence on her kind of heart rate yeah. range so that's really helpful so there's a there's a chap that cycles to work a lot that i look after and again when we test him you can see that in kind of the the, the, the heart rate data so there are it does tell you a lot but there are definitely considerations and like we spoke about the heat hills also anxiety yeah. nerves yeah. you know oh, what yeah. happens when you're stood <laughs> at a starting line you look at your heart rate and all of a sudden it's through the roof. I'm in zone four. I've not even started yet. What's going on here? What's going on? Because that's what happens when we feel anxious and nervous, you know, and excited as well. It could be a combination of those and that can result in an increase in heart rate. I think, so definitely something not to kind of focus on purely, Yeah, I think. I was going to say, I think the thing sometimes with the, with the testing is that you always have to appreciate, for me, it's about that, um, you know, people talk about VO2 max, but also VO2 max, V, I can never remember where the small V comes at the beginning at the end, velocity at VO2 max, i.e. what pace can you run at this heart rate? And ultimately, when you're bringing it right back from what's your cardiac fitness and, and all of that, actually, how does that translate into the pace that you can run? And so that's the bit where I really like it, where it's previously I could run 150, heart rate 150, uh, 10 minute marling now i can run 150 heart rate at eight minute marling that to me is where i find it really interesting and exciting geeky but you know <laughs> yeah but but you're right because even if you've not even if you've not been through a some kind of test and it's it can one of the big negatives i think with heart rate training is not knowing what a bit like we said about paces not knowing what your true paces are not really knowing what your heart rate zones are because you're just trusting the GPS watch that's based on, you know, kind of formulas and it's all a bit loose and not very accurate at all. We know that. There's different formulas and calculators you can use, but again, it's a bit vague and it might not suit everybody, probably won't. So I think you have to be very, very mindful of that because then people are saying, oh, I can't I can't run anything below zone, you know, zone four. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can, but you probably haven't got those zones set accurately. So you've got to kind of factor that side of things as well but you know when you talk about kind of little tests and stuff and i don't mean in a physiology lab here but if you're not particular let's say you don't know what your heart rate zones are you don't really know much about heart rate but you've got a chest strap because they're far more accurate than the wrist base i was going to so mention you've got a chest that. strap and yeah yeah and you go and do exactly the same route let's say it's a 10k loop and it's let's say it's flat for argument's sake and you do that periodically at the same pace it, it'll give you in time it should inform you as to kind of what's happening in terms of fitness. It's a good measure because what's happening with the heart rate? Is it decreasing? Are you actually having to run quicker to maintain the same heart rate as you did perhaps five or six weeks ago? Subject to the conditions being the same, yeah. you know, it's not hot or not cold, they're kind of comparable. So it is useful even if you're not somebody that has huge knowledge yeah. of heart rate as well. I just wanted to say one thing and I, you know, I love my Garmin. I am totally, if it's not on Garmin, it didn't happen. So please don't judge me. <laughs> However, 
I do have a big thing when people monitor it off their wrist because I know myself sometimes I look at my heart rate and think wow I think I've died because it says it's on 90 and I've just literally gone eyeballs out definitely if you can get a chest strap if you are interested in heart rate try and get a chest strap if you don't mind wearing one um, because what you get off your wrist it, it is it can be good and it can be a you know it can be useful but it's not always going to be accurate and I think you just got to bear that in mind haven't you but it's a bit like with the GPS yeah. and the pace, you know, it, it, the technology is marvellous and it brings a lot to your running. But just be, bear in mind that there's some limitations on it, I would say. But can I talk about yeah. feel? I think <laughs> I think you're dead right. Can I, can I talk about you my can, feelings? Can I just, I'm just going to interview no, go you now, Joe. <laughs> Not yet. Let me, <laughs> I want to hear about your feelings. <laughs> but just, just talking about heart rate you're dead right with regards to chest straps so when i get my runners to fill in a consultation form initially i always ask do you use heart rate have you got capabilities with the watch have do you own a chest strap because that's key because it's very easy to think oh well you know the wrist is going to be okay and it is easy rather than it's faffy getting the chest strap and all the rest of it but you've got to make sure that you you've, you're getting that accurate data because otherwise it's not very helpful at all and even if you've got like a really swanky watch i mean i bought martina my girlfriend at the time was supposed to be the i won't mention it but the most accurate wrist-based watch you know kind of all singing or dancing no wear the chest strap very very important because it can be wildly inaccurate right let's move on to feel it's a massive subject do you want to start joe do you want to kick us yeah, off i've got lots of thoughts so on this i do talk about rpe rate of perceived exertion is a kind of well recognized um you know recognized and researched actually um scale there's lots of different ways it can be set up it's got this ball thing six to twenty weird or one to ten but essentially it's how do you feel when you run and i find given sometimes the limitations on data be it pace or heart rate sometimes how you feel can just be the best judge so sometimes people say to me oh I was doing this pace and yet I felt really great and I'll say to them you know do you think you could have spoken could you say things how many words could you say it sounds really rough and ready and yet actually that's a really good way to judge how heavily are you breathing how much could you talk or could you not talk at all when you were doing this element of your running and that has been shown to be a really good correlation. And the reason is you need to breathe to talk. So now I could chat for hours, as we all know, but I will try and shut up eventually. But when I'm running with people, I find it's, it's really interesting. I'll just drop a little casual question in to see what the answer is and how long it is and how much gasping they have to do to get it out to me. That is a really good judge of feel. You know, more so than how do I feel? Sometimes I feel amazing, sometimes I feel terrible, but how much can I talk while I'm doing this is a really good judge of actually what's the exertion level that you're putting into or the effort level that you're putting into running. So I think it can be, again, with those other factors, with those other ways, um, just a really good way to judge how hard you're, hard you're working. It's a very fluid way to train, isn't it? And monitor intensity. It's based on each day, each hour. If you know, if you're running, if you're doing double days, how do you feel in the morning compared to how do you feel in the evening? So it's really fluid, and I, and that's definitely a positive for my side of things. I think it doesn't rely on tech either, yeah. or it takes your focus away from technology. You know, I say this to a lot of my runners. You know, because they get caught up in, as I do, you've mentioned Garmin. If it's not on Garmin, it doesn't count. If it's not on Strava, all this stuff, heart rate, if you use heart rate, all my, it, it, there's an anomaly. It doesn't seem to be reading my chest strap or I'm not getting the satellites. Well, actually, I always say you, you've still got a pair of legs attached to your hips. You can still run. You can actually run. 
you know, I know people that have sacked off the run because the battery's dead on the Garmin. You think, well, I can't run today because the battery's... Well, you can, you know. So it is a really fluid way and it doesn't rely or it takes your focus away from tech because we can be kind of a slave to the technology as well. So I do think that's that's super helpful. I think, you know, just hold that thought. So I think with the scale, we're talking about the Borg scale here. And I know we don't want to get in too much detail but just very quickly the Borg scale is a scale from 6 to 20 yes if you're not familiar with this I said 6 to 20 (laughs) not 1 to 20 they're supposed to represent heart rate so 60 being 60 beat uh, 6 being 60 beats per minute supposed to roughly I don't particularly like it personally and I think it's difficult for most people to say how do you how do you feel on a scale of 6 to 20 (laughs) well what What's a nine versus a 10? Whereas one to 10 seems to be a little bit easier. You mentioned the talk test, or you touched on the talk test. So can you speak sentences? Can you have a whole conversation? I think all that stuff makes it it very, very useful. And I think it is a good way to kind of give you a, a good picture of how hard you're working. Do you think there's some negatives to running on field, Joe? And if they, if there are, what are they? What's the downside? What's the downside? I think people initially, get a bit too hung up on the, well, I can only say four words, not six words, <laughs> I mean, I think you can want to, because it's quite loose sometimes, I think you can therefore feel a little bit that it's unstructured and potentially also a bit unscientific. And, you know, like I say, you can get hung up on, am I? can I only say two and three words or can I say four or five, um, rather than accepting that, that that's, you know, it's a broad overview. Um, and I think people just, it is a lack of confidence sometimes, a lack of confidence in yourself to judge how I feel. And as much as I, you know, I get really fed up with runners just literally running along with their eyes glued to their watch, equally, I think sometimes with, with RPE and with feel, you can start getting stuck in this kind of over self-analysis of every particular moment. And and I, um, you, you know me, I, I've been fortunate to meet some great runners and, and lots of people. And, and I always remember a chap called Paul Evans, amazing marathon runner, who said, oh, the marathons, you know, it's like a roller coaster. One minute you'll be flying and the next minute you'll think you'll feel terrible, but it doesn't mean anything. And I think that's the downside of RPE because it can be sometimes you will feel amazing. Round the corner, you might feel terrible. And once you've gone round the corner, next corner, you might feel great again because it is quite subjective. So I think that can be a limitation that it, you, you kind of overanalyze for every minute of this run how do I feel? How do I feel? How do I feel? I feel great. I feel terrible. Ah, I'm tired. You know, so I think it can get, you can get too self-absorbed. I think all of these things, all of them actually, they are guides, they are helpful, but they shouldn't rule absolutely everything you do on every second of every single run. It's kind of, like I say, using them as aids and, and tools, but not rule books. That's, I don't know. Yeah, I think you might, no, I think you make some really good points there, and it's that's that's definitely one of the limitations in my mind, and it kind of expanding from that really, kind of taking it a step further, is you do it does ebb and flow in terms of how you feel, so how hard you find something, and it's the classic, isn't it? You know, you get out the door, a few steps down the road, most people have set off too quick, they're not feeling great, you know, breathing like a racehorse, and all of a sudden they get into the flow, everything settles down. Well, they're, they're feeling different from how they did at the start. So, do they have to monitor the whole session? Is RPE and rate of perceived rate of perceived exertion a scale of one to ten how hard did you find the whole session is it within a particular moment because let's face it if somebody's running let's say they're doing some true vo2 max type work which is the real brutal stuff you know so the interval stuff 
and they're dialing into feel well actually they need to monitor those reps how hard they feel not how hard the whole session yeah. feels and then you've got the confusion of well if i'm doing a long run and it's two hours at the weekend what's the rpe there because i'm running comfortable it's a, it's a standard easy run that i'm doing for two hours but it's, it's hard because i'm running for two hours whereas something where you're doing interval work for an hour has a very different kind of discomfort yeah. does that make sense yeah, and it's, yeah. it can sometimes it can sometimes be hard and and i hear a lot of runners say if i say to somebody how hard are you finding it and this goes back to my personal training days actually joe how hard are you finding this what do you mean legs or cardiovascular <laughs> because my legs my, my legs are an eight but uh breathing wise i feel all right i'm about four you know it could be the other way yeah. around so I, I do think that go going into it in too much detail can be difficult and maybe a bit of a takeaway is kind of viewing in the main how hard you found the whole session kind of look at it holistically how hard was it on a scale of one to ten wrapping up a little bit here joe i know to summarize we've said that i mean we could talk about this forever and i'm sure we will pick this we subject will. back up in the future and dive deeper before you wrap into up monitoring can i just intensity. acknowledge a couple of comments that came in um somebody did talk i'm gonna i'm gonna have to chalk it <laughs> three strikes and you're out that's no, like seven here I am again um somebody talked about the 80 20 rule definitely we can talk a lot about that that's more managing intensity over the whole of a training program and we you know we could talk about this for three hours but we thought we ought to try and keep it to our, our sort of usual half hour or so so 80 20 rule brilliant lot to support it but more as a general kind of overview of a training program and simon thank you for saying you really enjoy our chats now you yeah, well, I see Simon pop up every week, actually. <laughs> Thank you. I see Simon pop up every week, actually. So it's great to get your feedback, Simon. Really appreciate it. If you've got any thoughts, subjects, topics you want us to discuss in the future, then please do just shout. So get in touch with myself or Joe, and we'll, we'll happily add it to our long, growing list of subjects for a chat around. But just to wrap up, to summarise, yes, there are three specific main ways to monitor intensity. So heart rate, how the session actually feels, and your pace. And I think, without even going into masses of detail, you probably got from this video our view on that our overall view is kind of use all three if you choose to use heart rate that is add that into the mix but build a picture build a story of your running and your intensity with those three things once you become if you're using heart rate and you become quite skilled at dialing in to feel how hard it feels looking at pace running to pace and heart rate you can be running along kind of well how does this feel this feels about x let's say it feels about six out of ten you glance down at your pace and you think well actually my experience that tells me that correlates that's about right there, are, there aren't any issues with the satellites it feels a six it looks the right pace oh and look at my heart rate i'm about there and then you know and it gives you that confidence so kind of use all three or just a couple of them if you're only based your if you base your training on pace and feel that would be my my view is there anything else you want to add to that no i think you summed it Joe? up perfectly i think if you can reach that that position where you can use all three of those um guides then you're off to a great start and you you know you're going to achieve a lot from your training absolutely and remember if the tech fails you you've still got a flipping pair of legs attached to your hips just get out there man Bank <laughs> even if miles. it's not on guard guys it counts <laughs> <laughs> even if it's not on Garmin it's been an absolute pleasure Joe thank you so much again for joining us today guys thanks for joining us we will be back here next week not on my page but on Joe's page make sure you give her a follow if you haven't already which is running Joe 10k if you want to catch up on this or you're not able to see any or join us for the future a chat around they are available on the running with Jake podcast available as quick hit so just go to the uh, podcast app on your mobile phone you'll be able to check that out but have a great weekend whatever you're up to run safe speak to you all 
very, very soon. Bye, Thanks, Thanks, Joe. Bye. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.